Well, this morning, I want to follow on a little bit from Mission Sunday, which was, what, three weeks ago now. Um, I had a bit of a message prepared to share um, on that Sunday, but it felt like we'd crammed a lot of information into it, so we didn't want to overload you with stuff. So I just want to follow on from that um, a little bit. Obviously, we talked about forget-me-nots, and many of you will know about that project, and we also, also shared with you about launching our new partnership with Operation Orphan over in Uganda with uh, Pencott Valley Primary School and their kind of housing project over there. If you missed that Sunday or you can't remember what happened, uh, there's a blog on our website. So go to hopechurchlitham.com forward slash blog and you will see on there, there's loads of information, some videos and stuff. So you can catch up if you missed out. I would encourage you uh, to do that. Um, but I just wanted to kind of follow on from that Sunday and just kind of put some context to why we're doing these missional projects because they're not just nice things to do. We're not just doing them because, well, that sounds like it would be fun or we feel like it would be good to be doing that. There are actually biblical principles behind um, what we're doing. So I just wanted to kind of dig into that um, because we're called to do it. That's the truth. We're called to be missional. And it's more than just what we're doing as a local church, as a body of Christ here in Lytham. It's also an individual call as well. So we're just going to dig into that. So what does that actually mean? Let's look at the charge that Jesus gave to the early church in Acts chapter 1. So it says this, During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, that he had risen from the dead. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus' final words to his disciples in Acts 1 verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I find it really interesting that Jesus chose to specifically mention these three locations because they're three locations that he personally ministered throughout his his life on earth. And in John chapter 3, we read about an interaction that Jesus had with a man, a Pharisee named Nicodemus. And that interaction happened in Jerusalem when he was there for the Passover feast. And during that conversation is when Jesus spoke that well-known verse, for God so loved the world. So that was during that conversation with Nicodemus, the Pharisee in Jerusalem. And then as you continue to read on into John chapter 4, we see him ministering in Judea before then continuing his work and moving on to Samaria. So he specifically kind of chose and referenced and mentioned these three locations to give a kind of personal context to what is meant for a global call. So he said he worked in Jerusalem and then Judea and then Samaria. He kind of moved further and further and further out. And what I love about that mention of Samaria is that in John chapter 4 verse 4, Jesus says to his disciples, he had to pass through Samaria. He had to go through there in order to get to Galilee. And actually the truth of the matter is that, yes, that is the most direct route to get from where he was to Galilee. 
But the reality is that most Jews would take a longer route. They'd take a detour around Samaria because they didn't want to go through this place filled with Samaritans who the Jews didn't quite like, to put it lightly. They had this real conflict. They had this real uh, disdain for Samaritans. But Jesus said that he had to go through Samaria. I have to go through. And the reason he did that was this intentional act, knowing what would happen when he got to Samaria, knowing what would happen when he entered into this place that many Jews would avoid like the plague. Because we know that it's in Samaria where Jesus meets a woman at the well and actually in that interaction with her, he breaks down gender barriers by speaking to a woman. He breaks down cultural barriers by speaking to the hated Samaritans. He's just breaking all the rules in this one conversation. And the amazing thing is that out of that one conversation, it's not just one lady who gets saved, although he would have done that just for her, but actually we see her then go away into her village and say come and see the man who told me everything I ever did and they all came with her and they all heard the gospel and it says that many were saved that day but then Jesus didn't just stop there he then moves on to Galilee and he begins to share the good news with people who had no Jewish heritage so Jesus final words you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What we're seeing here is a ripple effect. We're seeing a ripple effect. Now, I don't know about you, but me and the boys, we love to skim stones. I find myself, I was reflecting on this last week, drawn to water. Whenever I'm taking time out, wherever I'm just chilling out, I'm drawn to water. Before we went away last week, I had a few days away on my own and I found the nearest body of water, which was a reservoir. And I did this walk around there. I'm just drawn to water. And just like that last week, we were drawn to some water and we love to skip stones as, or as Toby says, skidding stones. We just love to do it. And there's an art form to it. I don't know if you've ever been involved or if you've done it. I found some stones while we were away. It took some real willpower to bring these home and <laughs> as a prop for this morning and not actually chuck them into the water but there's an art to it because when you're looking for the right stone you've got to make sure it's smooth enough so there's no friction when you skim it you've got to make sure it's the right size because if it's too small it'll just go ping and fly away and if it's too big it'll plop into the water so it's got to be the right size it's got to be the right shape so it fits neatly into your hand so you can get that angle that flick of the wrist You've got to have the right trajectory, haven't you? So I've worked out that it's an angle of 37 degrees that you need. <laughs> it depends based on your height. But for me, 37 degrees at the water. You've got to get the right pace as well, haven't you? You've got to make sure you're throwing it at the right pace to get it just to skim. And then once you've figured all of that out, you've found the perfect stone. And then you release it and just watch with joy as it skips across the water. Five, six. Anyone got like over 10 skims before? I've smashed 10 back in the day. I've beaten 10. Good times. But you've just got to let it fly. And then you start the whole process over again. 
and you find a new stone and then you let that one and then you do it over and over again. But inevitably, when we're out skimming stones, one of us at some point we'll just go and find the biggest rock that we can possibly carry and pick it up. This was Toby last week. He found this brick. When we're skipping stones, he found a brick. And it was two hands to pick it up and get it up on his shoulder. And he hurled it into the water and made this ginormous splash. And whether it's skipping stones or whether it's hurling giant rocks, when the stone hits the water, it creates a ripple effect. It creates a ripple effect. And we are called to live a life that creates a ripple effect. And the beauty of it is, is that we don't know how far that ripple will go. We're just called to throw a stone. We're just called to throw a stone and the ripple goes on and on. And the ripple grows and grows as it goes out further and further. We should be people who throw stones, metaphorically. Don't be throwing stones at people. (laughs) We should be people who are throwing stones by showing the love of Jesus with our words and with our actions. But we won't actually know the full impact of those stones this side of glory. We won't know how far that ripple goes or how big that ripple grows. We won't know the full effect of the ripples that we send out. Look at this, the definition of a a ripple effect. A situation in which one event produces effects which spread and produce further effects. Or in business terms, a ripple effect is a multiplier. I love that. It's a multiplier. So when Jesus threw that stone in Samaria by having a conversation with the woman at the well, he started a ripple effect. And we see that because it wasn't just plop one woman saved. The ripple went out and her community heard the good news. And then what we don't hear in the Bible, what we can probably assume is that they then told other people, who then told other people, who then told other people. But we don't read about that in the Bible, what we can probably and safely assume that's what happened because Jesus threw one stone. He threw one stone. The first ripple is even a tiny drop into a body of water starts a ripple. It doesn't need to be massive. It doesn't need to be this ginormous boulder that we throw in, just a tiny drop, and it sends out a ripple. And if you watch it, just grow and grow and reach further and further and multiply. We just need to throw some stones by inviting someone to church, by offering to pray for someone, by bringing someone to Alpha, by telling someone our testimony. We just need to throw some stones by going out with forget-me-nots, by partnering in Uganda. All of these things are stones that we are throwing out and then the ripple goes on and on and goes further and further out. We're here in this church because in 1922, someone threw a stone by deciding to plant this church And do you think that they thought that a hundred years on we would still be here doing this? I don't know if they if they recognize the impact of their stone, if they recognize the the ripple effect that that would cause in this community, in this area, because they chose to throw their stone. We just need to throw some stones. 
And so Jesus says that we're to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. And so we need to be asking ourselves, where is our Jerusalem? Where is our starting point? Because when we think about mission, when we talk about mission, our minds often go to places like Uganda and we think about the third world countries and we think about slums and we think about poverty. But there's a saying, isn't there, that mission starts at home. And so actually, I think the importance of what Jesus was saying is that we've got to start in our locality. So where is our Jerusalem? Are we throwing stones with our family, with our friends? Are we, are we starting with our immediate surroundings? We don't need to go, oh, God's called me to go to the ends of the earth and jump straight to that one. He said, we've got to start in Jerusalem. So where is our Jerusalem? And then maybe, where is our Judea? We start to go a bit further out. We start to reach a little bit further. Are we, are we talking about our, our co-workers, our school friends? Are we talking about our neighbours? So where is our next step? Where are we reaching out further to? And then where is our Samaria? This is reaching out even further. And for the Jews, like we've said, that was reaching the undesirables. And so now we're no longer talking about people that we know we're perhaps talking about people we don't know or people that we know but we don't really want to know. But Jesus doesn't say we only share the good news with those that we like, with those that we're comfortable with, that those that it feels safe to do it with. He says you need to push out to Samaria. And the context of that is these are people you don't like. These are people you avoid. These are people that you don't hang out with. But he still says we need to go to Samaria. So where is our Samaria? Where do we get a little bit uncomfortable when we think about sharing the good news of Jesus? What does that look like for you? If it makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable, then that's your Samaria. That's what Jesus is saying. Okay, you might have told your friends, you might have told your neighbours, you might have invited your co-workers, now go somewhere uncomfortable. Step out of your safety net and get out there into your Samaria and tell people about Jesus. You know, the church as a whole, we are called to be, we're called to be missional. In fact, the name of the AOG Bible College, it was Mattersea. It's now Missio Dei, which literally means the mission of God. And what is the mission of God? We read about it in the Great Commission. It's to go and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are called to go. It's great to be here on a Sunday in church. It's great to hang out with our church friends and our church family and be in the safety net of these four walls. But Jesus said, go, not stay. He said, stay and receive the power from the Holy Spirit, then go. So if you've received the power of the Holy Spirit this morning, you need to stop standing around and get going. Yeah? Because we've done the standing bit. We've done the staying bit. Now we've got to go into the world and we've got to share the good news of Jesus with anyone and everyone who is out there. Because there is no one that God doesn't want to hear the good news of Jesus. It is for everyone. 
not for the select few, not for people we feel comfortable with, not for people who wear collars and ties, not for people who do whatever, not for the rich, not for the poor. Everyone, everyone, there are no restrictions in heaven. All we need to do is throw a stone. We've just got to throw a stone. We've just got to share the good news of Jesus. We've just got to pray for someone. We've just got to invite someone. No one said that following Jesus would be easy. But what's being asked of us is a willingness to throw some stones. Are you willing to throw some stones this morning? Paul encourages Timothy to be ready in season and out of season to share about Jesus. One translation says to be ready when it's convenient and when it's not. I don't know about you, but maybe we like to make excuses about why this isn't the right time. Why we're not just going to do it right now. Oh, I know that I want to invite my friend at some point to come with me to church, but now isn't the right time. They're not feeling too great. They've not been doing so good. We had a bit of a falling out over the bins, whatever it might be. Now's not quite the right. Well, just maybe next week, maybe next week. But actually, the Bible says when it's convenient and when it's not. And when it's not. So I just want to share three points around this idea of throwing stones, around this idea of creating and causing a ripple effect. And the first is this. It's not your job. Everyone say, it's not my job. It's making sure you're awake this morning. It's not your job. In Acts 28, it says this. So a time was set, and on that day, a large number of people came to Paul's lodging. He explained and testified about the kingdom of God and tried to persuade them about Jesus from the scriptures. Using the law of Moses and the books of the prophets, prophets, he spoke to them from morning until evening, and some were persuaded by the things he said. But others did not believe. Others did not believe. I want to release you this morning if you feel like it's your responsibility for people to respond to the gospel. It's not your job. That is not your job. Your job is to throw a stone. You've just got to tell them. What they do with that is not your job. It's not your job. You've just got to throw the stone. You've just got to share the truth of the gospel. It's your job to start the ripple effect, not to know how far it goes. In 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 3, Paul says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God makes things grow. How encouraging is that? Because actually maybe for some of us, and I know it has been for me in the past, when you kind of step out of your comfort zone and when you get brave enough to actually tell someone about Jesus or invite that person to church or offer to pray for someone and the amount of courage that that takes for some of us to actually do that, for some it comes easy, for most of us, me included, it's not, it's a challenge. But when you've taken all of that courage and you've finally done it, that's all you need to do. 
What happens next is not your job. What happens next is not your job because you've planted the seed. Then we don't know who it is that's going to come along and water that seed. But what we do know is that it's God that will grow the seed. We just need to love people. We just need to share the good news of Jesus. We just need to find the courage within us to step out of our comfort zone and actually do the thing that we're called to do, to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. We just need to find the courage to do that bit and let God do the rest. Let God do the rest. Let's throw some stones and leave the rest to him. So number one, it's not your job. Number two, don't let your limitations hold you back. Don't let your limitations hold you back. From the moment that Paul encountered the truth of the gospel on the road to to Damascus, he never stopped telling people about Jesus. Never. He just kept on doing it. He kept on doing it. And I don't know if you know much about the story of Paul, but he regularly got into trouble for doing just that. Because he'd flung from being this literal Christian hater to being this raving Christian mad follower of Jesus. And from that moment, he couldn't stop telling everyone about Jesus to the point where he got slammed up in prison more, more times than we can count. And in fact, it was during one of these moments where he was, he was under house arrest in Rome, where he wrote letters to the Philippians, to the Ephesians, to the Colossians, and to Philemon. And why is that important to, to point out to you this morning? Because what he could have done is, well, I'm in prison now. I, I can no longer do what it is that I've been doing. I've been running around and telling as many people as I possibly could about Jesus, but now I'm in prison. So I just need to wait and see out my, uh, my sentence. And then when I'm released, I can pick up my mantle and carry on doing it again. Is that what Paul did? Not at all. He was like, okay, I can't physically go and be with people. So I'm going to write a million letters and send them out to people to encourage people more about their faith, to tell more people about Jesus, to keep people going. I'm going to do what I can. He didn't let his limitations or his circumstances stop him from the call on his life, which is the same call on our life, to be Jesus' witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. We can't let our limitations hold us back. Paul decided to keep on throwing stones. He didn't stop because his circumstances weren't good. I don't know, maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're, you're just waiting for things to be just right. You're waiting for things to be just, I know that that's what God's called me to do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Just leave it with me. I just got to get some things right first. Maybe I just got to wait for the kids to get a little bit older and then I've got a bit more time. Maybe I've just got to wait until I've settled into my new job and, and then, then I can start telling my co-workers about my faith. I just got to wait until I've got this thing sorted and, and that thing sorted and then, then I can do it. Well, let me tell you, if you're waiting for all of your ducks to be in a row before you start, you will never start because life is hectic, isn't it? Life is crazy and it's a constant challenge. And so if you're waiting for everything to be right, 
you'll never start. And so we can't let our circumstances and we can't let our limitations hold us back from the call of God on our life. Maybe you're thinking, but John, I'm, I'm not a speaker like you. So I can't do this thing that you're calling me to do. I, I'm not comfortable. I, I can do this. This is easy for me. It's, for some people, it's hard. This is easy. But you put me one-on-one in a room with a person, and I find it really hard. That's my Samaria. This, easy. Gather me hundreds of people, easy. One-on-one, not so easy. For you, maybe the one-on-one thing, super easy, but this is petrifying. I don't know what it, we just, we set limitations on ourselves and we, we doubt ourselves and we question ourselves and we think, but I can't do it because of X, Y and Z. But we can't let our limitations hold us back from the call of God on our lives. And the call of God is to be his witnesses everywhere with everyone. So we can't let our limitations hold us back. And thirdly, it's no good if it stays in your hand. You know, we can spend hours searching for the perfect stone. And even just last week, we were walking down, and I was saying, boys, we're going to skim some stones, and we're walking. They don't particularly have sandy beaches where we were. It's very pebbly beaches. I was like, boys, let's search for the right stones. And so we spent ages scouring this beach, and there were beautiful colors and beautiful shapes, but they were all quite round and bulky, and they weren't quite the right stone. And so we spent a long time to find these kinds of stones. But it's no good if we just keep hold of them. We've got to let them go. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is perfect. That is the perfect stone, but it's no good if it stays in our hands. We've got to let it go. We've got to send it out. We've got to throw it out into the world and see what happens. We've got to play our part. It's no good if it stays in our hands. You know, you won't make any ripples. There will be no ripple effect if you don't throw a stone first. You've got to throw it. And I wonder if there's maybe reasons why we're holding on to our stone this morning. If there's reasons why we're thinking, yeah, I found it and it feels great and it it looks great and it works perfectly for me, but I don't want to let it go. Maybe there's some, some reasons that are stopping you. Maybe you're struggling with disappointment from the past where you've thrown a stone, but it didn't quite land how you expected it to land. And so you're reluctant to do it again. You're reluctant to to throw another stone. Maybe you invited someone to church, but they didn't come. Or you offered to pray for someone and they said no. Or you prayed for healing and it didn't come. Or you started to tell someone about Jesus and they shut you down straight away. And so now you're thinking, but I've thrown stones in the past and it's just not, it's not worked. And so I don't want to do it again because... I don't like that feeling. I don't, I don't like what, what happens when it doesn't quite land how I expect it to. But remember what we've already said. It doesn't matter what happens next. All that matters is that you throw a stone. All that matters is that you throw a stone. It's worth nothing if it stays in your hand. It's worth nothing if it stays in your hand. Whatever it might be, 
You played your part. Whatever disappointment has happened in the past, know this. You've played your part. You've sown that seed. That's your job done. Anything else? It's not your job. You've played your part. That's all that God asks you to do. And we don't need to worry what happens next. We've just got to throw the stones. We've just got to throw the stones. And we can't let the disappointments of what happens, perhaps what appeared to be a failure in the past, stop us from throwing another stone because you don't know what happened after you threw that stone. That person that you invited to church and they said no, well, maybe it got them thinking. And maybe now they're going somewhere else. But you don't know what happened after you threw that stone. Or that person that you started to tell about Jesus and they shut you down because they're full-on atheist and they hate God. Well, maybe that got them thinking. And now they're beginning to question things. Now they're beginning to ask things. Now they're beginning to, to hear what people are saying. And maybe you invited someone to Alpha and they didn't show. That happened to me this time and it, it can be disappointing. But we don't know what happened next. We don't know what happened next. Maybe next time you ask them, they'll come. Or maybe not. But we've just got to keep on throwing stones. And you know, the truth is, and I think this is the beauty in it all, is that we'll never know. Not this side of heaven. We'll never know fully what happened to the many stones. And I hope there are many stones that we throw. We'll never really know how far the ripple goes. We'll never really know how big the impact is that that stone had for that one person. And one of the reasons I think that we don't know or we won't know about what happens is because if we did know, well, then we'd be like, look how good that stone was. Look how many skips I got from that stone. Wasn't I good? Wasn't I good? But it's for God's glory. It's got nothing to do with me. It's got nothing to do with you. We're just called to throw the stones. Not to know how far the ripple goes because God gets the glory for the ripples. We throw the stone. We plant the seed. Someone else waters it, but God makes it grow. God makes it grow. In Psalm 115, it says, Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and your faithfulness. We just need to be stone throwers. Can I encourage you this morning that whatever it might be, that's because if you know Jesus this morning, you found the perfect stone. You have found the perfect stone. And whilst there might be an ideal trajectory to get the perfect number of bounces when skimming stones, it doesn't matter what it's like with the gospel of Jesus. Just hurl it in. Just hurl it in and see what happens. Just chuck that stone in. You can try and do it carefully if you want, and that's great. You can be strategic about it if you want, and that's fine. Or you can just grab a giant boulder and chuck it in and see what happens. It doesn't matter. As long as you're throwing rocks in the water, that's what matters. Can we be stone throwers this morning? When we leave this place, I pray that you think of a place where you can throw that stone. 
Maybe it's in Judea, in Jerusalem, sorry. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a close friend and you're thinking, I just need to show them, tell them, bring them. Maybe you need to push out a little bit further to Judea and you need to think about your co-workers or your college friends or uh, your neighbours, whatever it might be. And you need to think, actually, I've been holding back. I've been waiting until the time felt right, but that's never going to come. So let's just throw the stone and see what happens. Or maybe it's Samaria and actually you need to get a little bit uncomfortable. You need to go to someone who you don't even like. And invite them to church. Tell them some of your story. Invite them to Alpha. Maybe you need to get a little bit uncomfortable this morning. Because yeah, you've been chucking stones in Jerusalem and in Judea. And that's great. But actually, okay, now we need to go a little bit further. Because Jesus didn't stop in Jerusalem. He went to Judea. He took the direct route to Samaria knowing what would come. We don't know what come, but what we do know is that God sees what we do. So can we throw some stones this week? And I am excited to hear some stories about the stones that you've thrown. I don't need to know what happened after it, just that you threw it. Just that you threw it. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you that we have found the perfect stone in you. That there is no greater truth. That there is nothing more wonderful, more awesome, more perfect than the truth that you came to earth, that you lived a perfect life, that you died for our sins so that we can be forgiven and that you rose again conquering sin conquering death so that we can have relationship once again with our Heavenly Father. God, I thank you that we have found the perfect stone in you. But God, I pray right now that you would give us a heart, give us a burden, give us a burning for someone or for somewhere where we should be throwing stones. God, I pray that you would give us the boldness and the courage to to step out into the calling that you placed on our lives to be your witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth that God we wouldn't let limitations hold us back that we wouldn't let what appeared to be past failures hold us back that we wouldn't let our circumstances hold us back that we wouldn't let our opinion of ourselves hold us back that God we would break through all of that and we would throw some stones God, help us to be ready in season and out of season when it's convenient and when it's not convenient to share about you. God, I pray that even this week you would give us opportunities where it is clear that you are saying, here you go. Here is a body of water. Throw a stone. God, give us those opportunities this week. God, I pray for us as a church body, as this local body in Lytham St. Anne's, that actually the stones that we're throwing in, in forget-me-nots and in our partnership with Uganda, that God, when we throw those stones, that we might not know what happens, but God, we just I just pray that we would put our trust in you, knowing that as we throw those stones, the ripple effect grows 
and grows. And God, I pray that when we get to heaven and you reveal to us the big picture of it all, God, I just, I just can't wait for that moment where we can see, oh, look what happened when we threw that stone. Look how far it spread. God, I thought that I'd just drop straight to the bottom. I thought that I'd miss completely and it landed on the bank, but actually look at what happened. But it's not because anything I've done. It's not because anything we've done. It's because of you. It's because of you. It's because of you. So Jesus, give us the boldness, give us the courage to throw some stones this week, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.